Well, let's see what's happening down in Waco and say hello to Colt Barber, owner of Sikkim365.com. Does a great job covering the Baylor Bears. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And also this show is airing on Sikkim 365 Radio. And before we get into it with Colt, guys, please take a moment out. Leave us that rating, review, subscribe to the podcast as uh, we are growing this thing at the grassroots level because of you. And that rating and review helps a lot. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And we've still got new, by the way, new Heartland College Sports koozies as well. So appreciate that. Appreciate you guys. And uh, let's get to Colt. Colt, uh, take us through what Baylor is talking about thus far. We're sitting here in, you know, mid-late July. What have the conversations been in Waco with Baylor about how to handle the 2020 season and what things might look like? Yeah, man, obviously with the with the Big 12 still holding out and, and making the decisions that they want to make and trying to get as much time under their belt before making the final decision, obviously Baylor's still in, in holding pattern and, and, and figuring out exactly what they want to do and, I think that the testing process for COVID has been really strong. Now, they're not reporting exactly how many tests have been taken uh, or how many players have been tested, or athletes, I should say, because it's across multiple sports. But they actually went down from 16 active cases across the entire athletic department, uh, which could include coaches. They went down from 16 this time last week to just four this week. So that, that's a great sign. And I feel like that's pretty much the trend across college football is that once these players are getting on campus and going through workouts, uh, the, the, the case numbers are dropping, especially I've seen from a lot of the Northern schools that's done that, and, and Baylor's trending in that direction. Uh, so I, I think that's a really good sign is that maybe once these players are getting it, they're not spreading it, uh, or they're, you know, they're creating an immunity to it within that, within that system. So uh, Baylor's in a really good spot as far as testing goes. Now they just need the, the communities around them, you know, the, the state of Texas or state of Oklahoma, whatever state, uh, their, their opponents are playing. They need to get those places under control. And uh, they're moving forward, though, in, in the fact that they're on campus uh, and working out. You know, ba- basically an hour a week is, is what is allowed right now. Is uh, that's a good thing because we they didn't have that during the spring. And, and with the new coaching staff in place, they need that time together. So it's moving forward. Uh, now we just have to hope that the, these uh, peaks that we're seeing around the the Sun Belt area of the, of the country uh, begin to fall down, and we can have some college football. So what's that been like here, Colt? As, um, you know, we talk about Dave Aranda, of course, you know, it's a tough spot for him because new guy, new gig, new program, and then, you know, all this COVID stuff. What's your sense on how he's been handling all this and how he's been preparing for 2020? Yeah, that, I mean, obviously everyone's doing the Zoom meetings and the virtual meetings with players. And one thing that he emphasized that I thought was interesting was the, the multiple times that they've been able to in, actually install the defense, which is not on not in person, it's not on the field, but uh, they've been able to do things that uh, are going to pay dividends later. They they see they get a lot of mental reps and, and understanding. So once they get on the field, they should be decently far ahead. It's not like they haven't been doing anything. The NCAA has allowed time. Uh, the Big 12 has allowed time for these, these uh, basically the teams to meet during the spring, but also to meet uh, during the summer as well. And, and now they're having more meetings. Uh, right now, uh, along with that, that hour on the field to, to prepare for the season and that mandatory workout for basically conditioning, but they get to be around the players and, and discuss what's going on. So they, they've really taken advantage of uh, being able to install and, and get these players prepared mentally of the things they're going to do. And now the good thing about, uh, for instance, Larry Fedora's offense, I, I spoke with a contact close to the better, uh, coaching staff that basically said that the offense they're going to be running is very similar what they ran under Jeff Nixon and Matt Rule, 
Um, and, and the difference will come down to tempo. So the offense, the offense is not going to go through this major overhaul. Um, and then defensively, I think that the way that Phil Snow managed that defense and got so many different players reps, even though they weren't starting, uh, allowed them will allow that defense to really come along and they have that experience under the belt. Uh, but they're going to they're going to be diversified in everything that they learned from Phil Snow and the way that he taught is going to really help Dave Aranda and Juan Roberts uh, get this defense off the ground in this first year. So let's. Uh, that's really interesting because obviously the defense is is missing a lot of key pieces. You know, led by James Lynch from last year's great defense. Uh, what has to happen for this defense to uh, just be? I don't want to say a fraction, but be close to what it was last fall. I mean, that's the reason this team was uh, an overtime away from playing in the college football playoff. Yeah, that, and that's that's the that's the holdup. I think you look at the offense. You say, and they have so many returning pieces. They did lose some. Obviously, Denzel Mims is a big piece that they lost, but. The skill positions are there. Return a majority of their offensive line, which should be improved after being young last year. But the defense uh, is where they're really saying, okay, where do we where do we find replacements? And like I mentioned, Phil Snow. I mean, if you watch Baylor's tape, they got a lot of guys, a lot of reps. And uh, you know, Terrell Bernard's a, a key factor in that. He came in for Clay Johnson last year when everyone thought, and Clay Johnson's almost irreplaceable. And, and Terrell Bernard stepped in there, and now it's a, a preseason first team All Big Twelve player. He's up for the uh, several national awards, and uh, he can really step in. But you have a bunch of guys that are like that, a, a lot of guys who were getting reps, but they just never had that opportunity to start. And you'll, they will have those reps under their belt. Now, learning a new defense, uh, learning some new positions is going to be difficult. But what Dave Aranda did was he went out and got two, two transfers that should be eligible uh, immediately. Uh, William Bradley King uh, playing that jack position uh, that, that was – trademark basically at LSU in Wisconsin, kind of an outside hybrid linebacker, could play defensive end a little bit. Uh, they brought Bradley King, very productive player from Arkansas State, to play that. And then they've also brought in Dylan Doyle uh, out, of, out of Iowa, who transferred in after the, the whole situation with his dad, who was a strength coach um, at Iowa. He left there, transferred to Baylor, and they really Baylor feels really good about him getting a, a waiver to play. So that linebacker depth is actually going to be really – uh, probably better than anyone expected it to be, especially with Terrell Bernard also being in the mix. So there's guys that need to be replaced, but there's also guys that are coming in and guys who have ha- had a lot of reps that should allow them to uh, come along fairly quickly uh, as long as they get, it, they get in a decent amount during fall camp and, and things don't get shut down too quick. Colt Barber is joining us, co-owner of Sikkim 365, also Sikkim 365 Radio which, of course, this show does air on. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. So uh, on the other side of the ball, I mean, who do you think takes that mantle from Denzel Mims? We know that, uh, you know, Jalen Hurd was the guy. You know, then you had Mims. Is it a Tyquan Thornton, or is there somebody else that you think becomes the go-to guy for Charlie Brewer? Yeah, th- this is a conversation that's been ongoing. And, and I think that the natural – response is Tyquan Thornton. I mean, he, he probably had the quietest, roughly 800 yards, three or four touchdowns. I don't know the exact number, three or four yeah. touchdowns. Uh, led Baylor in, in uh, uh, yards per reception last year, and he's extremely fast, 6'3", very long, great. I mean, going back to his high school film, as good of hands uh, in, on a high school highlight tape that I've seen, and that's dating back 10-plus years, and as far as long as I've been recovering recruiting, and, and he does a great job with his hands, and now he's going to be getting those reps in Larry Fedora's offense. But there's other guys behind him. Josh Sleeps is one that didn't get a ton of reps, uh, get a ton of touches last year, who has been coming along quietly in that slot position. 
And that's what that Larry Fedora offense is really known for is guys in the slot. I mean, you look back at Ryan Switzer at UNC that did such a great job, but it, there's more than just that. He, he constantly gets those guys in that slot position touches, and Josh Leagues is a playmaker. And the one, the one guy that I'm really looking at as being kind of under the radar, um, kind of a he could emerge and make a big name for himself this year is R.J. Snead, who also plays kind of that slot position. He's a little bit bigger than Sleeks at roughly 6'1 and 190 pounds, but as consistent of hands as you'll find. Uh, playing slot, and that's what you want from that position. You want guys who can make move the chains on third down, uh, make big plays when they need to. And, and Snead, last year, you know, I was looking back at the statistics, and he put up 400 yards uh, really quietly, and that was because of, the, because of the guys ahead of him and around him. Um, and this offense with Larry Fedora and the way they like to throw it around and, and be balanced uh, really bodes well for both of those guys. But I think Tyquan Thornton at this point is going to be the number one guy. And he has to make up if, – if he has a big year, uh, he can go and blow blow up in the combine and uh, potentially go high in the draft, kind of like what Denzel Mims did this year. No doubt about it. Uh, Colt, you know, I, I think if we're, we're being honest, looking at last year, certainly Baylor won a lot of close games, and oftentimes that does even out over a several-year period. Is there concern amongst the fan base in particular and just those of you that, you know, cover the team that – Maybe the breaks don't come like they did last year. Is there is there an element to that that has to, I guess, settle in going into this year? Yeah, and, that, and remember, that went back to uh, the 2018 season as well. You think about games against Kansas State and Oklahoma State where Baylor needed last-minute drives to win those games. Um, that Those close-game those close game victories uh, were a theme under Matt Rule. Now, I think a lot of that has to be accredited or uh, attributed to the way that Matt Rule played uh, games. He, once he got a lead, he wasn't trying to expand on his lead. He was trying to melt the clock and let his defense win the games. And, and that's that's what he wanted to do, and that's what he did. Uh, I don't want to say that he could have just gone out and you know added another touchdown, 10-point lead, uh, and got away without having close victories. But he wanted to play those close games. I mean, if you even look at the Rice game last year, he wanted he wanted his defense to feel that pressure. And he admitted that before and after the game. He said, I, want, I need my defense to feel pressure. Uh, and hold up at the end of the games. And obviously you want your offense to go out there and dominate and execute as well. But his makeup for a football coach was get a, get a lead and win with defense. And, and so I'm really curious to see how this, this offense evolves because Larry Fedora said, hey, we're going to have mixed tempo. We're not going to just sit on leads. And, mm-hmm. and so if, if he's able to go out there and score points when they have a lead, maybe we don't see those close games. Now, with what this team is made up of, uh, with what their expectations are, you know, seven wins this year, seven, eight wins this year, they would be, I, I, I truly believe that's a good starting point for Dave Aranda's team. So, you know, blowing out teams or winning by, you know, 10 to 14 points might not be easy to come by regardless. So that might be something we can look back and discuss in two or three years, say what games could they have won that they didn't win that were close and which games did they get lucky in? Yeah. Uh, Colt Barber, Sikkim 365. Colt, uh, in the preseason polls released last week, Baylor by the media picked to finish fifth in the Big 12 behind OU, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Iowa State. Uh, is five the right spot? Is that the fair spot? Is it too low, too high? What would you make of it? Man, that that middle portion uh, is it, very similar to last year. And yeah. that middle portion of the Big 12 is, like, I think it could go really any way. And obviously Baylor, everyone at last year expected Iowa State, and some mentioned Baylor as being a team that could emerge, and it was Baylor that merged and competed for that Big 12 championship. Uh, but I really think you look at TCU and the, the pieces that, that they've added, uh, Kansas State with what they have coming back, obviously Iowa State um, and Texas Tech even with Alan Bowman potentially returning. There, there's just so many 
pieces to those puzzles that could make or break their seasons depending on how they pan out. And, and Baylor's right there in the mix with all of them. So I think five is fair. I, I think I think that's actually where I put them on my ballot. And uh, you look at teams like Oklahoma State with what they have returning, obviously Texas with, with Sam Ellinger and, and uh, the experience he has at quarterback. Now Texas has a lot to replace as well uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, and then I would say with Brock Purdy, I mean, those are the, the top three teams uh, in my mind, put, uh, obviously along with Oklahoma. And there's, there's everything that justifies why they're ahead of Baylor. Um, even though they do, Baylor does return, you know, a start a four-year starting quarterback and a lot of talent at running back and receiver. And, and truthfully, that might what that you know, if Baylor wants to take that next step, they need their defense to do well, but they might need their offense to step up and win some games that they haven't had since the last couple of years. Very good point. He is uh, Colt Barber on the show. Colt, before we let you go, uh, the recruiting trail. I know it's early for Dave Aranda, but 2021 would be his first full class. Uh, you expect him to hit the defensive side hard. That's obviously his bread and butter. What are the early returns on Dave Aranda recruiting-wise, or is it too early to tell due to COVID and everything else? Man, I, I've been really impressed, especially the way that they, they've had to go about recruiting this year. You know, no camps on campus, or no camps, period. Uh, they didn't get to, get to go out and evaluate and recruit during spring football. Um, they had some junior days early, uh, but they didn't really have that opportunity. But at the end of the day, it might be an advantage because – those those relationships are paying dividends. Whereas, I know I'm not saying that that uh, Lincoln uh, Lincoln Riley or or Tom Herman or Gary Patterson aren't out there developing relationships because they are. But developing relationships is a big part of the game, and Dave Aranda wants to do that. And he has guys on his staff that are known for developing relationships. So they've they've gone out and got you know they have one of the top you know 15 quarterbacks in the country in Cairo Drones committed, and they have a four star running back committed. And you look at their receivers, um, the, the Hal Presley is a guy that everybody in the country, including the University of Texas, wanted. Uh, so they have guys committed on the offensive side of the ball uh, that are very, very good. Uh, defensively, you look at the, the way that they're recruiting. Um, the, the big piece there is probably Byron Murphy out of DeSoto. Defensive tackle with a lot of tackles for loss um, in high school. I mean, just very, very productive. Had offers from quite a few places. Um, that's a big piece. But the way they're recruiting on defense is very similar to what Matt Rule did. It's just high potential very good athletes, um, and they put, they're putting that together. And I'm really anxious to see where those guys end up in the final rankings. Now, a lot of that will depend on if, if high school football is actually played or not. But I really like the way they're going on the on the defensive side of the ball. But the offensive side has actually been more impressive to this point uh, in recruiting. He is joining us here on the show. Colt Barber, owner of Sikkim 365 and Sikkim 365 Radio as well. Colt, great to have you on, man. Really appreciate the insights, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys, I appreciate it. It's great to have Colt Barber on. We appreciate his time. And please, guys, before you close out, please take a second. Leave us that rating and review. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we will get the koozie in the mail for you guys. Appreciate that, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great week.